Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Roger Barnett with Message Gears. Welcome, Roger. It's great to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Message Gears. How are you serving folks? Yeah, Message Gears is a customer engagement platform. We work primarily with really big consumer brands like in Atlanta, Home Depot and Chick-fil-A send all of their emails through our platform to their customers. But we work with a lot of great brands like Expedia and OpenTable and Geico and Indeed.com and, you know, and and many more. And so for these brands put us at the center of their customer marketing activities. We let them personalize communications across email, SMS, and mobile push messages at scale. So what was kind of the genesis of the idea? Where Where did you see the opportunity? Well, the opportunity really is that it's hard to personalize customer communications at scale when you have millions of customers. When you have lots of data on your customers, it's really hard to get that data into traditional software to let them personalize at scale. And so we have a unique architecture. It's a hybrid architecture solution that lets customers access their data within their data environment, yet send through you know a multi-tenant SaaS cloud. And so it really gets the best of both worlds, allowing you to get rapid personalization without any data security concerns but still send and personalize at scale and in real time. It's been game-changing for our customers. Uh, can you share an example of how it's been game-changing? Like what was, uh, you know, what were they previously, um, how, were they, how were they previously benefiting from their email and now how are they kind of growing because of it? That's a great question. So the most straightforward example is, you know, there's a couple large U.S. retailers that had the same type of issue where, they would know what offer they wanted to send Roger Barnett. But because of the way their email solutions worked and, and their work with, you know, our competitors are really large software companies like Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Oracle Responses and Adobe Campaign. But the way all of these software solutions work is really hard to have them access everything you know about your customers in real time. And so when our brand's current customers were using, you know, one of those traditional marketing clouds, it would take them somewhere between three and five days between the time they decided Roger Barnett needs to see this particular offer to the time it made it into my email inbox. And with message gears, it's virtually real time. Uh, you know, as, as soon as you want to get it out the door, we make it easy and seamless all the while uncluttering your the number of software vendors you need to use to make that happen. Now, is the personalization, at what level is the personalization? Is it that I know that you were on the website, I know that you looked at the red jacket, so I can make you a red jacket offer, and I know that maybe you're not as uh, price sensitive as somebody else, so I can charge maybe higher, closer to retail, I don't have to make an offer, like what? what's the type of personalization that comes with this? 
Well, it's all of those things, but also, you know, including additional things like, um, you know, what have you done in the store? And maybe even more importantly, what type of engagement will you be most responsive to? Would you rather receive an email or a message on your phone through a mobile push or a message on your phone through a text message? And that context might be during what day of week and what time of day. You might be more interactive with your mobile phone on the weekend and the evenings. But during the weekdays, perhaps uh, an email might might be better for you. I mean, what we see is across our brands is that when when they're able to deliver an experience for their customers that surprises and delights and is meaningful, then marketing doesn't seem intrusive intrusive it seems helpful and so but if they're sending out a blast email to all of their customers at the same time on the same channel because that's all they're capable of doing then that's when email becomes annoying and and feels more like spam and that's kind of the art of this right you want to always have that balance and you always want to be obviously leaning to the surprise and delight rather than the just bombarding of messaging that's irrelevant well that's exactly right and what what these big brands are seeing is that the challenge of personalizing across all your customers in real time becomes exponentially more difficult if you have 10 million customers instead of 10,000 customers. Um, it, it's kind of a paradox in that way that a lot of times small businesses using tools built for small businesses uh, like MailChimp, you know, a, another Atlanta brand, um, it's sometimes easier for them to personalize across all of their customers than these massive consumer brands that have so many more resources. But because you have tens of millions of customers and exponentially more data, it becomes that much more difficult to do to do that at scale. It's that um, it's one of those kind of blessing curse where you have so much data, but it's just really difficult to leverage that amount of data in an effective way. And your solution kind of solves that. That's exactly right. Now, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, this isn't your first rodeo. So let's talk about, um, you know, how you maybe have learned from previous uh, adventures and have built the company culture that you're proud of and, and uh, you know, growing this enterprise uh, software solution. Yeah, I'm, I guess you would call me a serial entrepreneur. I, you know, started my first a software company when I was in graduate school, getting my MBA at Emory with um, several co-founders that were there and um, sold that business um, in early 2000s to AskJeeves.com. I, I started another company uh, in 2004 in Atlanta called Search Ignite. And uh, we sold that business uh, pretty early on. But I I stayed around and ran uh, ran that company and left um, after well, I would say after about eleven or twelve years. I was very proud of what we built. Um, you know, a, a global business with over five hundred employees and over a hundred million dollars in revenue. Uh, but I left that company in twenty um, late twenty sixteen to come to Message Gears um, for a couple reasons. One is that I, I really had the itch to build something new. Um, I did not start Messes Gears, but Messes Gears was uh, still early in its growth trajectory when I joined. We had about 10 people. We have over 100 people right now. Um, and also, I was really enamored with the technology and the people here. Um, we had a very unique technology. We solved 
the problem that I just described in a very unique way. And, you know, I, I saw that we had the potential to really disrupt a very, very big industry uh, where everybody was doing things the same way. And it was really ripe for someone to come in and, and shake things up. And so um, I've been here almost six years and and that's what we've really tried to do. Um, so you asked about. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to know more about the culture. So you come into this uh, operation and um, and now you're going to put your stamp on things. So how did you kind of um, address the culture and what have you done to kind of create the thriving culture that, you know, most people are shooting for? Well, we we were very purposeful uh, when I joined about the kind of culture we wanted to build here at Messes Gears. I, uh, in my previous entrepreneurial stents of growing companies, um, you know, I was very focused on, on building the business and on strategy and on the culture amongst the team that reported directly to me. And I think less so around trying to create a seamless culture that permeates throughout the entire organization. And when you have a bigger company, you know, I, I, at times when I, I, I thought culture at previous companies I've ran could use, um, use some tweaking, if you will, you know, the bigger the company is, the harder it is. And so one of the things that, that I focused on first here, um, even before we really started thinking about how we're going to focus this business, how we're going to invest, what we're going to do to, um, to grow quickly. Uh, the number one thing, the first thing we did on our first executive retreat was talk about culture and our company values and the kind of company we want to come to work for every day. And so, you know, two months in, we created a list of nine company values at Message Gears and the kind of business we all want to work for, all the kind of business we'll be excited to work for for years and decades to come. Um, and, you know, my message to the team was was a simple one. It was like, we, we're going, we will grow as a company. And as we grow, we will have a culture. And we can either choose what that culture is going to be and purposefully drive to build that culture uh, or the culture will choose us. And then we might like the culture. We might, we might not, you know, so, so we've really made the culture, the center of our business. Um, you know, things like we innovate, you know, we're, we're biased towards action. We're action oriented and, and results driven. Um, you know, we, we make our clients successful. We assume goodwill, but are intolerant of corrosive behavior. Uh, we act with positive energy, pretty basic things that I think on the surface, everyone would agree on, but we remind ourselves of these values every week at our company meetings. You know, we're, when we're interviewing employees, um, we tell them this is what we expect of them on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and occasionally we have to admonish and, and even let employees go because they don't fit within the culture, which is really what's expected of them and how they should treat their, you know, their fellow employees or our customers. Um, so it really helps drive everything, everything we do. Uh, you know, we spend, all of us spend an inordinate amount of time in our, you know, lives and certainly our, our you know, lives that we're awake and out of bed working. And, you know, my job for my employees is to make it as great of a work environment as possible. Now, in in today's kind of employee climate, is that having kind of strong values and having a clear mission, 
Uh, is that kind of a must-have nowadays in order to attract and retain the type of people you want and need to grow your company? I certainly think it is. I I would say that for Message Gears, it, it absolutely is. It is very part and parcel with who we are as a business, how we define ourselves. And we have grand aspirations as a company. And um, this is our North Star. You know, we, we're not going to lose sight of this and who we are while we're expecting a lot of each other as as we grow and continue to do pretty amazing things as a business. I, I will also say that our values, you know, I'm, I'm not one to say our values are the same values and mission every other company should have. Um, there are a lot of companies that have very cutthroat cultures that work very well for them and are very successful. And I'm sure they attract a different type of employee that wants to go work at those types of businesses. Um, but this is the kind of values and culture that works for Message Gears and the kind of company I personally want to lead. And, you know, so as long as we're all aligned with these values, I think we can go out and do great things and outperform and be more nimble and uh, get ahead of the pack, you know, as, as well as any other company. Now, you mentioned you've been part of the Atlanta tech scene for a minute. Uh, can you share a little bit about um, maybe how we've kind of grown and and um, and where you see us growing into the future? The tech scene here has certainly matured a great deal. I mean, I started my first company in 1997 or 98. Um, you know, they're, they're the, we are a more mature and vast and welcoming and supporting uh, tech ecosystem for, for startups today than we ever have. And, and I try to be as involved in that as I possibly can. Uh, through things like being a mentor at TechStars and, um, you know, I'm on the board at the Atlanta CEO Council and, you know, sticking, uh, yeah, I, I try to stay in touch with, you know, earlier entrepreneurs in Atlanta to give back because frankly, when I was getting started, there were so many uh, mentors that I found that were so generous with their time and advice um, for no other reason except that they wanted to help out and give their time and advice. And, so I, I try to do that. But what's great about, you know, young burgeoning entrepreneurs today in Atlanta is that it is a much bigger, more mature, more robust ecosystem. One of the things that really helps that is the fact that it's easier now to raise money um, in Atlanta from anywhere in the world um, than, than it was when I started um, my first venture back businesses. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know that there's a lot, there are additional Atlanta-based funds now than there were then, but not exponentially so, or certainly doesn't seem that way to me. Um, but I think with the internet and remote work, um, the venture capital ecosystem has absolutely exploded nationally and their desire to invest in technology hubs like Atlanta, um, it ha has grown dramatically. And so it's just easier to raise capital um, no matter where the firms are. And I think that a lot of firms look at Atlanta as a place where they can probably get a little bit better terms than they can in Silicon Valley or New York or LA or some other, uh, or Seattle, right? Or, or some more expensive parts of the country. So I think it's good for both the Atlanta ecosystem and for you know venture capital groups outside of Atlanta. Um, not to say that, that 
the venture capitalists who are here and have been here for some time aren't great because they're all they all are and they're all really good and supportive of the community but for the entrepreneurs and the founders and the ceos raising capital access to capital is easier than it's than it's ever been now any advice maybe for your younger self uh you mentioned uh, having gone through a lot of startups if you were to advise uh yourself in your first startup what what's some advice you would give that young man <laughs> that is a great question i you know my my first entrepreneur venture i was in my late 20s and um i was in very much a a shoot for the moon ipo or nothing um mentality and then my my second startup that i started from a standing start i you know i had two young kids and um and uh you know a wife that was working and you know i was probably too conservative i probably was uh saying you know what uh sliding double or good solid base hit might be good enough for this next venture. I, you know, I, I think finding that middle ground of kind of, you know, shooting for the stars, but, but being grounded and, and taking a practical approach, you know, trying to thread that needle, if you will, um, is something that's possible. And, and I think I've gotten better at it as I've, as I've done more of these and I've gotten, you know, older and got more experience as a manager and leader. I do think you can always have, um, you know, making the appropriate amount of investments, um, you know, funding, funding growth through losses, but with the right amount, understanding, you know, your runway and access to capital um, and keeping flexibility open for a variety of different outcomes is something that um, is uh, is difficult, but is I think that's the job. And if somebody is out there listening that's an enterprise-level organization that's looking for this kind of SaaS solution, uh, what is the best way to get a hold of you or somebody on your team? Absolutely reach out to me directly. My name is Roger, R-O-G-E-R, at messagegears.com. And uh, we would love to talk to you. If you are a brand that has millions of customers and you have trouble personalizing your communication with them at scale, we're more powerful, we're more data secure, and we're less expensive. We'd love to talk to you. And that's messagegears.com to learn more? Yes. All right, Roger. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you next time on Atlanta Business Radio.